Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Michaela, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to share in a conversation all about belovedness. So welcome. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited um, to get to talk talk about this today. So before we dive in, would you please introduce yourself? Of course. So my name is Michaela Robinson. I am first and foremost a beloved daughter of God. I always want to start off. Yep. With that. Um, I am a wife of my wonderful husband, Dan. I'm a campus minister at a university in Virginia. Um, I come from a large family and very much desire to have my own, but um, yeah, we're just living our lives, investing a lot in ministry right now in, in Virginia, and it's just been a wonderful ride. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. I love that. I love just the ministry world and getting to serve the church. It's so beautiful, yes. um, and just you know, getting to do an ounce of that through the podcast. But um, yeah, working with college students is fun because I'm a college student, so I always love getting to interact with uh, missionaries oh, yeah. and things like that. So oh, yeah, that's it's beautiful. Okay. College students are the best. They're the easiest to work with. You could not, you know, I would way rather choose to give a talk to a room full of college students than like first graders. (laughs) Yes, me too. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, 100%. So um, why are we going to discuss belovedness today? And what does that word really mean? Yes, belovedness is one of my favorite topics to really dive into. First and foremost, because it comes from the Bible, it is um, taken from a couple different passages, but probably most notably is the baptism of Jesus. Um, when In the Gospel of Matthew, it says that when Jesus comes up out of the water, the heavens were torn open um, and God said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And so that, that term, you know, you are my beloved son or you are my beloved daughter, um, tells us how God really feels about us. You know, it reveals like the core of God's heart towards his, his creation, his children. Um, And so it's really very vital to our faith. And I think it's, it's often taken for granted. So I'm hoping that in our conversation, we can kind of break down what that means and how to live it out more practically. um, Because it, it can kind of just seem like a buzzword, but it's actually so much more than that. Um, yeah, because yeah, being the beloved means that when God created us, he saw that we were good. And that's not just in like a vague sense. It's like when God created Michaela, when God created Whitney, yeah, well, that, yeah. that we were good and he like, yeah, loves us so deeply. So what does that really mean? You know, that's what we're mm-hmm. hopefully gonna dissect a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do think that sometimes, yeah, it can kind of be a word that might get like thrown around sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, kind of sometimes seem like it's overlooked. Like, yeah, I'm a beloved daughter of God. But like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to be a beloved daughter of God? And what does he say about us? So it's such an important topic to talk about and to know as our identity in Christ, right? So so why is it important that we talk about this as Catholics? Yeah, I mean, 
I think especially as, as Catholics, um, it holds a significant weight because we are baptized into the same baptism that Christ was baptized into, you know, Mm -hmm. he paved the way for that sacrament that changes our lives. And we too are called to share in the blessed life of the Trinity that was revealed in that moment of his baptism. Um, And so, you know, to live as the beloved means to allow the truth of our baptism, um, the reception of the Eucharist, the absolution during confession, all of these things that are so tangible um, in our faith. Yeah. Um, it allows them to like truly enter in, to crack our hearts wide open and to change everything about our lives, you know, because yeah. I think so many of us, even faithful Christians and Catholics, um, you know, we can kind of go through the motions. We can kind of receive our sacraments or, or claim to be practicing Christians or Catholics. And yet we're still kind of living mediocre lives sometimes, mm-hmm. or we're still bogged down with the weight of the world or with our worries yeah. and anxieties. And, um, and that's, that's okay. That happens. That's, I'm, I'm not dismissing that, but yeah. um, there is an invitation from God to allow the truth of his love for us to unburden us from the things of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just think we can become really numb to the joy mm-hmm. of the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just not what we were made for, you know? And yeah. It, yeah, it's not as simple as just like one day deciding, Oh, I'm going to live as the beloved, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've read, have you ever read the book? Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. I haven't. Okay. No. So that's going to be like a big recommendation. Sounds good. Yes. Podcast because that book is pretty much the reason why I'm so um, on fire for this mm. topic. And it's, it's one that has truly changed my spiritual life. But Henry Nouwen, who's the author, he's a priest. And he talks about how to be the beloved is something that is available to all of us. It's something that we're... Um, freely given, Mm -hmm. but there's also a reality that we need to become the beloved throughout the course of our lives. We become uh, more capable or, or more uh, receptive to what that means and and living that out. So he breaks it down into four different, not phases necessarily. They're not linear, but four different um, points, which is taken, blessed, broken, and given which if you recognize those words, those are the same words that are said during the consecration. Mm. And he talks about how passing through each of those seasons or each of those aspects of our faith allows us to truly become the beloved. So we're not sharing this um, to just be like, yeah, as Catholics, you should just know what this means and how to do this. But we're (laughs) talking about it because it's actually a lifelong process that we're invited into, which I just think is so beautiful. So I could break down those words a little more if you want, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to just remember that we have the choice, I think is the first kind of the thing of like, um, we have the freedom to choose to be God's daughter and we are, we are, but to, to truly live that out. Right. And to make that choice of, Mm -hmm. I want to live out my belovedness. So yeah, go ahead and dissect those words and those categories and, um, yeah, keep just sharing what's on your heart. Yeah. Yeah, of course, happily. 
Um, so like I said, he breaks it down into these four words that echo the consecration, which I just think mm. is is so like, God is so detailed. He's so yeah. good in tying everything together for us. And um, so these four words, taken, blessed, broken, and given. To be taken, um, a more modern way to describe that would be to be chosen. You know, we are mm-hmm. each chosen by God. Um, we are called by name. He knows us. He knows every hair on our head, you know. Um, and and the, the apostles, St. Paul, they talk very clearly in the gospels about having been claimed by Christ. Mm-hmm. Their lives yeah. have been changed by the gospel and it's irrevocable, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what it really means to, to be taken is to understand that before we've chosen to be Christians, before we've chosen to live out our faith, God has really chosen us. He's claimed mm-hmm. us. Alone. And there's, there's a lot of security in that for me. There's a lot of yeah. um, joy in knowing yeah. that. Yeah. I'm claimed by him. Yeah. Um, Blessed is is pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> just by that word. Um, it speaks to the truth that we are uniquely, each of us, uniquely bestowed um, blessings in our life. They are particular to each of us and how God wills our lives to, to look and how mm-hmm. he desires for us to know his heart and for us to reflect him into the world. Um, and so those are very beautiful consolations that each of us experience um, at some point or another in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're a little bit blind to them, you know, mm-hmm. it's important to, to pray for the grace to have our eyes opened to the blessings that are all around us and how he uniquely is blessing us in each moment. Mm-hmm. Um, broken. This one is very beautiful and I think we'll, we'll hopefully come back to it a little bit later, but it just speaks to the truth that, that Christ first modeled for us, you know, he was broken and beaten and killed. Um, And that wasn't futile. That wasn't for no reason, you know, that Mm -hmm. had beautiful um, salvific purpose to it. And our brokenness can be the same. So this is just the reality that like our suffering isn't for nothing. It's Mm -hmm. not in vain. There is a plan for it. Um, and it is it is or it allowed by God and willed. Uh, he he wills good out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, given is just the understanding that we are then meant to be sent out into the world as evangelists in our own way, as missionaries into whatever uh, sphere we're called into in the world. Um, the same way that Christ is continuously given to us in the mm-hmm. Eucharist and how he's always with us until the end of the age. Um, yeah. That is true both of him with us and also with us and the world. So mm-hmm. um, those things are not linear. Like I said, you know, you can be mm-hmm. in a season of blessings and really understand that. And that can draw you into your belovedness, mm-hmm. but you can also be in a season of being given to the world. And that is also just as much an experience of belovedness um, and same with being broken and being claimed, you know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of ebb and flow and we kind of pass through these different things at various points. Um, Mm -hmm. But those are the ways in which we we begin to experience and mature in Mm -hmm. being the beloved. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I even just, as you're explaining them, I'm just recalling like specific seasons, seasons of my life. I'm like, yeah, that's where like, I really see that standing out or, um, you know, just kind of like, oh yeah, like that's what that, you know, kind of quote unquote, the theme of that season was, you know? Um, and so really just learning about that. And I love reflecting back on a season like that and being like, what did like the Lord teach me through like my identity and like the things that I went through, like, you know, seasons of brokenness and suffering are so hard. And I had um, just a really cool moment with um, Jesus in adoration before confession. I was just like anxious to go and nervous and just those feelings that, you know, come up. And um, I heard him say, you are not broken. You are my beloved. So kind of just this whole topic just like tied in. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what? (laughs) Like, I know this is so true, but like, I can't even allow myself to believe it. But it's so true that like, sometimes it's hard for our human brains to even just wrap around the fact that like there's like our God in heaven loves us more than any other human on this earth could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like putting that all together, I was like, Oh my gosh, what? Oh, <laughs> um, so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> the truth that being the beloved is, is the most foundational identity that we have, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, identified in his eyes through your sins you're identified Mm -hmm. through the fact that you're his daughter and he's like yeah come bring me I know you're a sinner I know bring me those things but it's not I just want to free them I want to free you of them yeah defining you by them that's so beautiful yeah yeah absolutely and it's so hard especially um just with the world with all the noise going on it's so easy to just get like um bogged down by looking at other people on social media um you know and like kind of going to like the blessings part of it like um you know it can be easy to look at what everyone else has on social media and forget what's happening in our own lives that's something i've really been working on in this season as just really like the simplicity of i have you know a meal to make tonight for my husband and i to eat like that's a blessing to have that meal and that time together you know um so just the simplest of things and um, you know, just taking that as a blessing and not taking it for granted because, you know, yeah, it's just, it's easy to just go throughout your day and not even recognize what God is giving you. And then you get to the end of the day, you're like, wow, Lord, you really showed up, you know? Totally. And that just reveals to you the truest truth about your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how seeing his goodness just, brings me so much joy seeing how much how good he is as a father to us Mm -hmm. and how much he dwells in us and how much he's willing to go to provide for us um is just huge like it's just amazing to think like all these good things we're experiencing are coming from god and it's like oh my gosh god you're so good i never asked for this but thank you you know um so yeah yeah hey there i want to interrupt this episode really quick to thank you for your support of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I am so thankful for your weekly listens of the podcast, for all of the love and reviews you share with me, and simply for being a part of this community. I am so beyond thankful for each one of you for being here and for joining me in our journey to heaven. If you've enjoyed tuning into the podcast, I hope that you prayerfully consider supporting it. The podcast is a huge part of the Abundantly Yours ministry and a project that I love so, so deeply, and I'm so glad that you love it too. I would love absolutely nothing more than to continue providing Catholic encouragement and resources while being able to support my growing family. So I've now created a new way for you to support 
abundantly yours and my family while also receiving incredible exclusive content in return. You guys, I am so excited for this and for only $5 a month, supporters will receive access to one live podcast episode hosted monthly via Zoom. You have the opportunity to join special guests and I live on an entirely exclusive episode and the best part at the end of the episode in the interview you get the opportunity to ask the guest questions what is better than catholic resources and encouragement with a great group of catholic women and on top of the live episode you'll also get a 15 percent off coupon to use on the entire shop my super supporters will also receive a bonus podcast episode stickers in their mailbox every three months and receive a 25% off discount to my shop for only $10 a month, they also get access to the live podcast episode. You guys, I'm so, so beyond excited for this exclusive content that I get to bring to you and for my super supporters. So once again, a huge thank you for your support of the Abundantly Yours ministry. I could not do this without you. Um, okay, so we're kind of shifting into our next topic. So how do you reconcile being beloved when you experience suffering? Yeah, we kind of touched on this a little bit already. And I think this is the one that we might be tempted to shy away from or to sugarcoat, I guess, a little yeah. bit. And it's kind of funny because it it was through a period of deep suffering in my life that mm. the reality of my belovedness first came yeah. me first came up in prayer um, because I was in a pretty dark place. I had just gone through a breakup. I was feeling very lonely. I was just very confused about what God had in store for my life. Mm. And it was during that time that a friend gifted me this book, Life of the Beloved. And it just came in and changed my entire perspective on life because I had seen my particular sufferings and my um, cross as this punishment or like Mm -hmm. this evidence that I was not good enough or that I had failed in some way or that maybe, you know, in the darker moments that God wasn't going to provide for me in the ways that I wanted so badly. Um. And then to read this book and particularly the chapter on brokenness and to realize that this particular cross that I was carrying um, was lovingly chosen for me by a God who wants me to be in heaven with him forever. And to be able to shift the view of like my suffering is um, cruel and unjust and like, Mm not necessarily it was not you know it wasn't ever supposed to be this way obviously suffering was not part of God's original design for us but he has in his wisdom figured out a way to make all things work for our good and so he's so generous and just so so good in the fact that like our darkest moments can bring about some of the most important healing that we'll ever need you know 
And that's exactly what I experienced. I, I started to realize I kind of zoomed out from the nitty gritty pain that I was in and realized yeah. that, okay, God is inviting me here in my darkest place, in the place where I'm, I'm being attacked by thoughts of shame and, and lies about my identity. It was in that darkest place that God lifted my chin and said, I love you. You know, none of that is, is who you are. Um, and so there's something so freeing about knowing that you are loved in the place you, you fear you never can be, you know, and it, it really does change everything because I knew, okay, if I'm loved here, then I've got nothing to hide. I've got nothing to be afraid of. I've got nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and it, it made me like understand that he had that purpose all along, you know, like there was something beautiful in the fact that I had to be brought to my knees in order to hear his voice clearly for the first time and to be relieved of the burden of control and perfectionism and all of these things that I was so heavily weighed down by. Um, it was in my brokenness that he, he showed me that wasn't mine to carry, you know? Um, and so it's actually through recognizing our own brokenness and, and he's so gentle in pointing it out to us. God's not Mm -hmm. the accuser, you know? Um, but it's in recognizing those places of our hearts that are are broken and in need of healing and allowing him in to heal them Mm -hmm. that we actually discover a, that he actually does love us in those places. He hasn't forgotten about us. He hasn't rejected us. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it's often in those places that we discover our purpose in life, you know, or the mission he has set before us. And I know that was true for myself. Um, The thing, the season I was going through at the time became a place of such deep healing for me that I was able to minister to other women who were going through the same thing. And it was so redemptive to know that he took my pain and and used it for healing for other women as well. Um, And so it, yeah, it doesn't just, it's not just something I need to like reconcile. Like, okay, I don't just need to figure out how brokenness fits into the picture of salvation. It's actually one of the most central and necessary pieces of the life of a yeah. Christian because Christ included it in his salvation of the world. You know, the passion and the death were absolutely necessary in order to get to the resurrection. And so, he invites us into those experiences again and again, not to punish us, not to test us, but to give us a share in his passion, his death, so that he can bring us a share yeah. of his resurrection, right? It's so wild. Yeah. And when you're it. able to kind of zoom out and see it that way, it's like, okay, I don't have to be afraid of pain. There's mm-hmm. a purpose. To it. There's a resurrection coming. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, he's inviting me to like, experience this to feel this to suffer Mm -hmm. with him and that can be a very intimate place in prayer and an an opportunity to encounter him face to face and have him tell us yet again I love you and I'm with you yeah yeah absolutely I love that all and through our greatest sufferings I feel like we also experience like the deepest intimacy with Christ too because at that point we're so you know kind of like when we hit rock bottom you know that that just like that day where you just break out in tears and you're like just frustrated with God like what's happening like that's typically the day at least for me that I like 
you know, after I get myself like calmed back down, I'm like, Lord, like, what are you teaching me? How can I, how am I growing closer to you through this? And, you know, I'm sure everyone can look back on a season of their life where they experienced this and can see where God was in that suffering and how he used that suffering to heal you and to draw you closer mm-hmm. to him and to mm-hmm. over your heart in that season. Although it might've been like the most traumatizing, hardest season of your life. Um, there's so much beauty that comes from the suffering of just all sorts of suffering that we experience because we're all different. We all suffer in different ways. So um, really giving that to the Lord and allowing like, yeah, we get to take part in an ounce of Jesus's pain on at Calvary, you know, like, like you said, he was broken and beaten and crucified. And mm-hmm. can you imagine how much pain he was? Look at a crucifix and imagine how much pain you would have felt in that moment. Like we can't even imagine that. Right. And yeah. so <laughs> the fact that our sufferings, like, you know, the tiniest little things ever are just an experience for us to have the opportunity to experience just that little bit of what Jesus went through and using that as a way to unite ourselves to Christ through his suffering and just say, Lord, this sucks, but help me get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, always leaning on him. Cause it's, yeah, it's so hard. Cause I've, we've all been through those seasons of just like mm-hmm. not knowing where to go next, but coming back to the realization of God loves me so much and he loves me no matter what I'm struggling with, what I'm going through. And he still mm-hmm. sees me as his beloved daughter even if mm-hmm. I'm struggling with a certain sin or struggling with some sort of whatever it is, um, knowing that he wants to rescue us and capture our hearts and bring mm-hmm. us back closer to him. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah <laughs> so good. There's absolutely um, healing that he wants for us. There's freedom that he has in store. Mm. Of course, those are... Here's what I found. <laughs> My Siri went off. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but yes there's absolutely good gifts that the lord wants to give us um, as his beloveds but i think more than that he wants us to know him he wants us to have him yeah and it's often through our lives being put on pause or us kind of having to fall to our knees sometimes in in prayer or in in desperation that we're able to kind of slow down and realize, okay, I have been looking in the wrong places or I have been missing him. Um, And that's really what he wants to give us is himself. And he wants all of ourselves in return. And so it's, it's often a severe mercy when we're brought to places of suffering, but you know, it's a mercy in so far as it brings us back to him. And that is really all we need. Yes. It does help when the external circumstances are lifted or like we're brought back to consolation, but it actually is enough to be with him in our suffering. And Mm -hmm. we could suffer forever. Like that's kind of something I've like come to in prayer is Lord, as long as you're with me, I I can, I will do it. You know, I will, Mm here I will suffer whatever it is I'm suffering right now forever if it brings me closer to you and he's often so merciful that he doesn't ask that of me but I think we forget sometimes that it's not so much the healing that we're after it's it's the healer you know yeah that's his his goal as well is to get to our hearts not just get us back to a state of like being happy or being Mm -hmm. okay yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, or like speechless. That's just all so good and so true um, of just kind of the overarching picture of knowing how much God like desires our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like all the avenues that he works through our lives and through, you know, everyone, everyone is so different. We all experience so much different things in our lives. Right. And so how, how intimately he goes for each of our hearts, no matter what we're struggling with and like just desires that just desires us so much. And some days my little tiny brain can't even like, just like, wait, what? Like this is, this, this is real life. Like God wants to love me this much. Like I have to allow him to do that. Um, so yeah, so good. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's someone listening to this right now um who's going through a really hard time and this this might be it might be like hard to hear it might be tough to believe that it's that simple you know and I get that I'm I'm going through my own stuff at the moment and there are days where it's it's hard to remember and to cling to this truth um but he he's waiting for us to to get to a point where we're able to hear that again, you know, and it will come yeah. if you sit close to him. And if you keep turning your eyes to him on the cross and the day will come when the grace breaks through and, and he will, he will be with you. And he always, he always is, you know, I'm not saying yep. he, he's withholding himself at any moment, but yeah. sometimes the grace to, to be aware of that um, yeah. is just a little more necessary than others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And so for those people who, you know, might be struggling in that season or just who want to keep growing in their identity, you know, how can those listening right now grow in living as the beloved daughter of God? Yes. Some things that were really game changers for me um, around this time when I was first learning about what it means to be the beloved. And yeah, like I said, I was going through a pretty hard time and all of a sudden one day in prayer, it felt like the Lord turned up the volume on the little voice in my head. Do you know what I mean? Like there's kind of a running narrative that we tell ourselves all day, every day. There's a little narrative um, that can tell us good things or bad things. Mm -hmm. And we often just kind of, it's often subconscious. And it was for me, there was a very negative voice in my head and it was very much a subconscious influence on my everyday thoughts, my everyday actions. And one day in prayer, it was like God turned up the volume and I heard the way I spoke to myself and I heard the lies that I was believing and not even questioning and not fighting back against. Um, And it was really, it was eye opening to realize this is something that influences me every day. It's not just me. It's also the enemy is like using these thoughts, is using these experiences that I've had to tell me lies about who I am Mm. and it makes me feel insecure and it makes me question my worth and it makes me act out in um pride you know there's all these ways in which those things kind of blossom and so that's my first um kind of tip is to ask for the grace to pay attention to the voice in your head and and what lies you're believing about your identity. And grab a journal, write them down, get them out, give them space to, to come to the surface, um, sit in silence. And 
and then practice renouncing those lies and, and claiming truths over yourself. And it's as simple as, you know, say the voice in your head or the voice of the enemy is telling you, no one here really cares about you. You know, maybe you're, you're at your Catholic center and you're still making friends and you believe the lie that you're not good enough to be here. Um, pay attention to those things and write it down. And, and all you need to do is bring it to prayer and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce and reject the lie that I am not good enough to be here. Or I renounce and reject the lie that I am unlovable. The spiritual impact of praying renunciation prayers like that in the name of Jesus is incredible. Um, It frees you from the spiritual weight that that carries, that the enemy is, is throwing at you. And then you're freed to be able to work through, okay, where did that come from? How did I learn that, you know? Um, and bring those those places of woundedness to the Lord for healing. But I think, yes, a very important thing is to begin to be to be attentive to that narrative and to begin fighting back because um, mm-hmm. it's something we're we're often very unaware of and pretty passive yeah. to. At least I was. And yep. Another thing um, is practicing gratitude, being uh, more intentional with recognizing the ways that God is blessing you every day. And then something that was really helpful for me was also beginning to see other people as the beloved. Because oftentimes when when you don't believe that you're the beloved, it, it kind of taints the way you view other people. Your own insecurities are kind of projected outward. And so being able to tell yourself, okay, this person is a beloved son or daughter of God. They are good. I don't need to compare myself. I don't need mm-hmm. to tear down in order to feel better about myself or whatever it might be. Um, there's something that frees us to be more ourselves as well, to know yeah. they're good. I'm good. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to impress. I just can be myself. I can be free. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that this is just a very practical way that many of us struggle to live freely as ourselves, as beloved sons and daughters, because we're weighed down by things like comparison and and envy and insecurity when none of those things are are meant for the beloved, you know? Jesus didn't walk around, um, you know, feeling ashamed of who he was. He walked around knowing that God thought the world of him, that God loves him infinitely. And I'm sure that gave him all the confidence to do the ministry he needed, to have the hard conversations to look people in the eyes and tell them they are loved basically to change the world with the gospel, yeah. you know, in one yeah. look, um, that kind of freedom is available to us as well. It just, mm. yeah, it can take time to like really let those truths sink in. Um, and a part of that is also learning to unmask the world for what it is. You know, if, if you're spending all the time, all of your free time on social media and you're taking in those messages and not questioning them, or if you're at your university and you're in a class and you're taking in all of those messages as truth and you're not questioning them, if you're taking in all of your own thoughts and you're not questioning them, then odds are you're going to believe some things that aren't true. For example, you're going to have to believe that you need to prove your worth by getting the right job and making the right amount of money. 
you need to prove your worth by looking a certain way or you need to believe this about this whatever political issue or societal issue you need to conform in order to be good enough you know um but actually our world is is quite backwards it's it's pretty manipulative it's trying to sell us something it's trying to take us away from the truth that we were created to live a life of virtue and to spend eternity in heaven with God, you know? And so we need to be brave enough to question the messages we're receiving and to, to truly unmask the world for what it is. And then we can move about freely within it and realize like, Oh, that's not true. That's not for me. I don't need to live that way. I can reject this, you know? Um, And we can begin to tell ourselves in, in moments of difficulty or, when someone speaks something to us that doesn't tell us the truth about who we are, or we find ourselves caught up in something um, that is not of, you know, up to our standard of our dignity, we can take a step back and say, you know what, actually, this is not telling me the truth of who I am. I am a beloved son or daughter of God. I do not need to be afraid. I do not need to earn it or prove it, you know, and it just can back to a place of freedom. Yeah. Um, so those are, you know, some practical, some a little more abstract tips, but yeah, those things, um, especially when grounded in prayer, which is absolutely mm-hmm. necessary, you need to be hearing yeah. the voice of the Lord say this over you, you know, um, that, that I think is a pretty fail, fail proof way to grow in yep. living as the beloved. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's also good. And I think just as you said at the very end is to yeah, keep yourself rooted in Christ every day um, and work through those things with him. You know, those, you know, those lies you're believing about yourself, um, work through those with him in prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, there's so much we can learn about ourselves and so much healing we can um, experience with Christ through all that. So um, yeah, even if it's just whatever works for your day, whatever prayer God is calling you to do, that's something that I think I always kind of overthink is like, oh, I need to like pray a rosary and like read the Bible and like all these things. And obviously you can do as much as you want. (laughs) Um, You can pray as much as you want, but like there are certain seasons that like God just calls me to like literally just read the same passage of the Bible over and over and over every day and just Mm -hmm. soaking that in. Or there's Mm -hmm. seasons where, um, you know, I'm really praying hard with the rosary. Like literally just ask the Lord and don't overcomplicate it either. Cause sometimes we can just run from the thought of prayer because we're like, Oh, that's so much to do. Like, I don't, it has to be perfect. Like, yeah. or it has to be productive. Like neither of those are true. Like literally pretend you're having coffee with Jesus and just right. hang out and talk. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, actually, don't overthink it. Yeah. Totally. That's something my spiritual director was, was challenging me on recently, not in regards to prayer necessarily, but yeah, just in, in regards to like thinking so much about myself and what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong and like focusing yeah. on my own um, performance all the time. And mm. he's yeah. like, you know, it's great to look at your identity as a beloved daughter and to like see how you're living that out. Like, mm. sure, that's great. But the goal is actually to forget about yourself altogether. Yeah. And be absorbed in Christ and to think more about him um, than you ever think about yourself. And that, yeah, yes, in doing so, it's not, it's not like 
you're losing anything. You're actually just gaining the freedom of not being bogged down by your own, <laughs> like yeah. human limitations and brokenness. Yeah. And all of that will always be there. But he was just like, it was just such a different perspective for me to hear him say, yeah, don't think about yourself so much. The goal is actually mm-hmm. to think about him and not yourself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Like, let me take yes. my eyes off myself and put them back on Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so easy. Oh my gosh. I totally relate to that. Like a hundred percent. Like you just almost like, I saw a Facebook post about someone asking like, how do I pray? Like she made a comment that she uh, just feels like she's always thinking about her own thoughts. And like, we all struggle with that. Right. But like kind of, yeah, always having that, like, how can I like see the Lord more through this prayer instead of thinking about what I need to do or it's so hard though, especially as women. I feel like sometimes we just have thoughts going throughout our brain all the time. So really coming to like that resting place of like, like, and tell the Lord that you struggle, say, Lord, I struggle with like not slowing my brain down. Help me. Like Mm -hmm. he will do that. Um, Yeah. There's nothing to hide from the Lord, which I think is something just huge to remember because he knows everything already. So um, like I've just been making prayer so casual because that's what it's, you know, essentially kind of meant to be just this like conversation with Christ. And so when I'm talking like, yeah, the Lord already knows that you know, I didn't sleep good last night or whatever, whatever it is, but telling him like, Lord, I did not sleep good last night. Like, please give me the energy um, to make it through the day kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. And just making it casual and talking about things, laughing with Jesus. Like my, my new phrase right now is like, God is cool. Like I kind of just like (laughs) think of him as like this homeboy, like living a long life with me and like, just totally, you know, chilling out, like just totally like, yeah, God is, so cool so powerful but kind of coming back to like just the basics of you know he wants to laugh with us he wants to Mm -hmm. laugh with us you know and all the things so um, right yeah yeah god is is our father right and so that's part of what it means to live as the beloved too is Mm. to assume the true role of a daughter you know and i think many of us have gotten you know, slightly different ideas of what that means based on our experiences in life. But the reality is, yeah, the father provides. We don't need to figure it out for ourselves. We don't need to grasp or beg or do any of those things. We need to allow him to love us and to love him in return and to just be in a free exchange of love of persons, you know? Um, So I think just asking ourselves, yeah, am I behaving, am I believing like a daughter believes about her father or am I acting more like an employee or like, Mm. you know, an estranged child or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. Very good way to reflect upon that. Something I'm definitely going to like take forward. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. What is my relationship with a father? Yeah. That's so good. I love that. I just, Perfect. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. I love this it's conversation. Weird. Me too. And it's funny. I had a lesson in what that looks like just today because I was, I was praying a holy hour um, a little bit earlier today before coming and recording this. And I was kind of praying through some of my thoughts about the topic and yeah. I walk into the chapel and there's a woman sitting there she has it's an empty chapel it was quiet but she had her headphones in and she was listening to some praise and worship music and she was like 
singing along to it. She was really getting into it. And she saw me come in and she was not phased. Like she wasn't there to hide from me. She didn't care what I thought. She was there to yeah. be present to the Lord, to praise him. To and She was giggling. She was like really just, it was, it seemed like such freedom in front of the Lord. And, you know, maybe that's, that's not how I pray necessarily, but yeah. I could see in her that was her genuine self before God. And she sat there for probably three hours. Like I, she was in the church for a long time. And I, I'm just like, this woman is, she's living it out. She's not afraid of what people think. Yep. She's there in front of God and she's herself. Yeah. And I thought that, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's so cool. That's yeah. so amazing. There's nothing we can hide from the Lord. Cause like I said, he knows everything, but like living that out. Right. And say like coming to that reality of like, I can't hide anything from the Lord. Although I'm broken, I'm still mm-hmm. his beloved and I'm just going to, you know, live out who I meant to be, who I am, right? Like live out the crazy things you do, your crazy personality, you know, those little quirks that make you, you that sometimes I'm like, whoa, like I might be weird for that, but that's what God like made me, you know, he made me in those little weird quirks, right? Um, And so embracing that and not trying to conform yourself to be like, you know, your friends or someone else, like, you know, she could very easily just stopped when you walked in the chapel you know, out of fear or out of all sorts of different things and not wanting to maybe interrupt your prayer. But she was like, this is me. This is what I'm giving to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was humbling because I was like, I probably would have been embarrassed. You know, I probably would have pulled out the headphones and shut up. But the Lord said to me in that moment, this is what, this is what it means to be beloved to her. Like, don't, don't let this bother you. It's not, yeah. it's not a distraction. It doesn't have to be just let her be and, yeah. and keep your eyes on me. And I was like, wow, humbled. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good, yeah. Just love that little reflection. It's so good. So what is one piece of advice that you want every young Catholic woman to know? You know, this is a hard one. This is a <laughs> long question because as you can tell, I just, get very fired up about these kinds of things. Yeah. But I decided um, in what I would want to share with every young Catholic woman, I wanted to tie it into this topic. And so I'm going to pass along a piece of advice where I guess a recommendation from my spiritual director, which was to pray with my baptism. He asked me, have you ever prayed with your baptism? And I was like, I mean, I was a baby, so I don't really, you know, Yeah. but he just invited me to understand what really took place in that moment because obviously I don't remember it, but I can still put myself in the shoes of Jesus in his baptism narrative in the gospel of Matthew or in one of the other gospels. Um, I can imagine the heavens being torn apart. I can imagine a dove descending upon me and the voice of the father booming over me, telling me how much he loves me. And it wouldn't just be, quote unquote, my imagination. Yes, my imagination would aid in this meditation, but that's an opportunity for an encounter with the truth of my identity coming directly from God. And the reality is that in the moment of our baptism, we're not just we, we're not just welcomed into the family, so to speak. We are, mm-hmm. we become a part of God's family, but more so, 
we become a part of the body of Christ. We become a part of Christ, which is wild. And he was explaining to me, my spiritual director, that Christ relives his entire life in each of us in the moment of our baptism. He, he dies to sin and resurrects new life in our souls in the moment of our baptism all over again. Yeah. And that reality changes me forever, changes mm-hmm. you forever. Yeah. And so he just invited me to, to really reflect and pray with that experience and allow it to actually change my outlook and to change the way I interact in the world. So my piece of advice would be to close up with that gospel, to read it a couple times, and then to put it aside and imagine that is you Mm. and allow the Lord to take over and allow that truth to sink in, to tell you who you are, who you're not, and to really just invite you into a life lived as the beloved. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. It's such, such a reflection that like, yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, we were babies when we got baptized. Well, a lot of us, obviously some people are, you know, converts or might not be Catholic, but you know, that was my situation too. Baptized as a, you know, one month old. (laughs) And so, you know, just, it's kind of a a moment that we forget about, but my nephew um, recently got baptized. And so, you know, just little tiny baby (laughs) um, and just, just being a part of that celebration but really coming back to like yeah what is that not just becoming part of the family like you said so I think it's there there is so much more and so much deeper things to that so um yeah I love that <laughs> it's so good yeah. <laughs> it was very That's awesome so yeah I'll pray that it's powerful for everyone listening to yeah yeah absolutely yeah so where can people follow you do you have Instagram or um yeah how can people get in touch with you Yes, of course. I have my Instagram. My handle is at Michaela Rachel. And, you know, I just hang out over there. I have a a secondhand clothing shop as well called Drifted and Threaded. Um, But primarily people can find me at my main Instagram. Yeah, sounds good. I love shoot me messages. So feel free to come say hi. Yeah, please do that. You guys go follow her. Her Instagram link will also be in the episode description. So thank you so much for joining me. I had so much fun getting to know you and just chatting about this conversation. Yes, you too, Whitney. This was lovely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.